climate is the biggest issue of our time, but I'm sure that comes at no surprise to you listening to this podcast about the impact of green businesses. But there is so much more that you can do besides just listening to a podcast. You've heard from all the different ecopreneurs on this show who are doing such great work. But if you aren't ready to make the leap into entrepreneurship, which I completely understand, there's a smaller step that you can take. Landing a green job, making that transition into the green economy by putting your passion for the environment into something sustainable and scalable. That is exactly what our guest today on the show does. He helps mid-career professionals make that transition into the green economy. His name is Joseph, and he is the CEO of Ecotopian Careers, providing courses, content, and everything that you need to make that career transition into the green economy. So if you're ready to start making a larger impact when it comes to the climate crisis, make sure you don't miss a single second of this interview. You're here for another dose of climate positivity on the Green Business Impact Podcast. Here we highlight the amazing work of green businesses from around the world that are fighting against climate change. If you are ready to be inspired to take action, ready to hear some amazing examples of how we are working to fight the climate crisis, then stay tuned because this week's episode will be the perfect hit of climate positivity. Joseph, can you tell me a little bit about Ecotopian Careers and what you guys do? Sure. So Ecotopian Careers is all about helping people in mid-career switch to green jobs. Part of that is like an information curation service where I bring together lots of things from different parts of the put it in a convenient package in the weekly newsletter part of it is just traditional career coaching and part of it is an online course so anyone who's done something before in their careers but feels a calling I guess to work in, in the green economy or as a climate career which is helping people to reposition themselves to make that type of career transition definitely and who's been like the people that you've worked with in the past and in, in making this career tra transition what were they doing before and what did they kind of transition in? yeah probably the majority of people that I work with have been involved in the tech industry in the past as you may know there is a huge kind of amongst ex people from Google and Meta and Uber and all of these types of companies who have quite rightly realized that climate change is one of the biggest problems of our time. They've got a lot of very marketable skills and they want to bring it over into climate. So a lot of the people who I've been working with are people who are looking to move into climate tech, but equally it goes across the whole spectrum. So I guess it's worth talking about. There are different types of different buckets, if you like. So you've got one bucket, which is about ecology and conservation and protecting the environment, that type of stuff. Then you've got something which is a little bit more corporate. So maybe ESG, sustainability, CSR, stuff like that. Then maybe you've got another one, which is all about renewable energy. And then the other one, which is climate tech. So apps, carbon removal, those types of things. So I kind of work across all of those different verticals, really, but I'm veering more towards the climate tech side, but that's more by accident than design. Right, definitely. There's just so much going on in climate tech and there's so much money that's being brought into the space. And there's so many investors who are also very interested in this too, because they're looking to 
have an impact investment with their investments. So they're looking to find companies that are doing this great work or looking to invest in those areas. So there's a lot of money rolling around in technology and the way that it can help us really reach our net zero goals. So I'm sure that's definitely a large part of any career transition or that kind of co coaches technology. It's just a huge and growing field. So it's a big part. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. And so I'd love to hear what is the mission with Ecotopian Careers? Look, it's about turning as many people on to green jobs as possible. And there's a reason for this. Now, there are many people in the world who want to make a difference with climate. But if you're doing this in your free time, I endorse individual lifestyle changes. I think it's fantastic if people want to do recycling and use less energy and reduce their meat consumption. This is all fantastic. And I absolutely believe everybody should do that. But it's very difficult to operate at scale at that kind of level. It's very difficult to do more than just your tiny little bit. And if you try and do more than your tiny little bit for free, basically it's unsustainable. And anybody who has any experience in the world of activism and politics and stuff like this, you'll know that there is, it is a path with the burned out shells of individuals who couldn't aim that type of activity for free. So the beauty of green jobs is twofold. Number one, it enables you to operate at scale. So you're not just doing stuff for yourself anymore. You're doing it for 10 people, 100 people, maybe a million people if you get real lucky. And two, you're getting paid to do it. So you've got the time, you're getting incentivized. And I think incentivizing people financially is just a really powerful thing to do. We don't have to pretend that this is some do good that we should be doing for free. There's nothing wrong with getting paid for doing good. Put all these things together in green jobs and everything is just so much easier. That's why I love green jobs. Yeah, I completely agree because if you're able to sustain yourself, because you know, a lot of people who are feeling so passionate about green jobs or the job that they're in, they're going to not only work the 40 hours a week, but they might put in some extra time here, put in some extra time there because they know they're doing such great work and you have so much passion. You can hit into, get into the flow so much easier where you're just like rolling and just like doing everything so much easier and faster and efficiently than you would if you were not enjoying your job or not seeing yourself as being devoted to a bigger impact and through a green job you have you check all those boxes so you're able to really do it so it's a it's an incredible it's so much easier to, to be sustainable and enjoy it in that way than just trying to do it in your free time on the side or something like that i think having that impact is a really important thing and this is something that a new experience that a lot of people have when they come into the green economy is that possibly for the first time, they're doing something which they believe to be meaningful. And what this kind of does for people is that they start, they finally understand why some people are totally turned on by the world of work. Now, I've experienced this in the past, right? A deep sin is kind of like evangelical happiness that some people have, but, oh, I love my job. I'm so excited about it. I'm so passionate about it. And I'm going, really? Are you really that passionate about selling another CRM or something like that? And I always felt a little bit skeptical that they weren't really telling the truth or to be blunt that they might be a little bit simple but now when you get into the world of green jobs when you're literally trying to course correct the environmental crisis there is no bigger problem there is nothing with a bigger impact it clicks and a, yeah there is a reason so like, and then when you get up early in the morning you look over to the clock and it's five o'clock in the morning you think i'm getting up I'm getting up because I want to get on and do the day's stuff. And that type of motivation is new for many people. And it brings a whole different level of energy and a whole different level of ability to do stuff, stamina, motivation, inspiration, creativity. And I think a lot of people who get into this scene suddenly feel that they've come home in many ways. And though this is the way that work should be, 
but I've never experienced it before. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And it's so much to that. And what is the story behind the name of Ecotopian Careers? Yeah, so the word itself, I didn't make it. I didn't make it up, but everybody understands what it means immediately, right? So everybody loves the word Ecotopian. So here's the story about the word Ecotopian. It comes from a novel, a 1978 novel by a writer called Ernst Killenbach. And I guess it's like a sci-fi novel, really. And it's about a group of breakaway states in the United States. So what would it be like? California, Washington State, and maybe Oregon. They break away from the rest of the United States in order to create a new nation built on ecological principles, which is called Ecotopia. Now, this book, it had a moment back in the late 70s and early 80s and largely disappeared off the radar, but it's starting to come back onto people's consciousness again. It's a really interesting book. It's not so easy to find a copy of it, but it's well worth reading. There are some funny things that are a little bit of its time. The racial politics are a little bit strange in it. Like the sex and gender politics are a little bit strange in it. Often the way with sci-fi books of that time. But it's really pertinent about how you organize a nation where the biggest principle, the guiding principle, is ecology and the environment. And I think it speaks to a lot of people. Yeah, I'm sure it does, especially for a lot of millennials and the new generations coming up with thinking of ways to build a society where we focus on how we can be most harmonious with ecology and nature and being able to be in that space. I totally agree. And so why did you decide to do this now? What kind of spurred you into this? Yeah, look, it was just my own personal problem. So I'll give you the little story, right? So I'd been interested in the environment and climate for many years, but like many other people, I was on a different career. I used to work as a university lecturer, right? A completely different subject. And my assumption was that there would be other people who knew far more about climate than me who would fix this, that happen year in year there's no nobody fixing this problem but i'm still bringing the subject into classrooms wherever i could bridging students encouraging my own children saying look you've got to be getting into climate this is like the biggest subject of the next hundred years and to ignore this is an act of both personal and professional self-sabotage really and i'm constantly telling these young people get in the climate get in the climate and then i started thinking why am i not getting in the climate i've got like at least 20 years of working life left in me i can't wind down the clock to retirement for 20 years and i've got like a moral responsibility to do as much as i can so i started looking around trying to find some resources people that could help you is there a good book is there a good course is there a good website where you can go and get help making that kind of mid-career transition into the green economy. I didn't really find many good resources about that kind of issue. So I thought, like many issues, this is a problem that I'm facing. I'll provide that resource. So basically, I started doing various types of research on both sides of the job equation started reaching out, connecting with people on LinkedIn who are trying to get green jobs, trying to understand their experiences. And then on the other side of the equation, started reaching out to many different types of green employers, trying to understand their difficulties in staffing and where they thought the green economy was going. And both sides of the equation felt unanimously, really, that this was a good idea. This is something that we needed to do. So I felt that the idea was worth pursuing in greater depth. And that's where Ecotopian Careers came from. That's great. And I like to know, like, why create like the coaching modules and things of that nature versus creating a job board where you just post up the jobs that are out there and that are for climate focused jobs? Sure. Look, there are loads of job boards out there. They still keep coming along, but I can't quite imagine why people are making new job boards these days because there's just so much competition. But that's not where the problem is. People who are trying to get into the green economy don't have a problem find job adverts. They have a problem getting the jobs. 
that that's where the obstacles lie so there there aren't any to be honest there's no need for more job boards but there is a need to help people connect with us and i don't mean like connect on yeah. literally i'm going to introduce you to this employer but how do you build that bridge between the candidate and the employer how do you find a way of being yourself of telling your story in a way that employers find compelling how do you take all of the little what i describe as micro impressions lots of little things that individually aren't that significant but when you put them together it produces a compelling offering these are the types of things that people need help with and that was largely absent plenty of job boards there's so many job boards out there and they all seem to aggregate from different places as if you'll find some on some boards and some on other boards and it's just like it's there's a plethora of job boards out there for resources for people to find and what are some of your biggest tips for somebody who's looking to go out and make that transition for from a previous job into a climate-based job. Sure, but there are many different obstacles that people experience, but I think the most common obstacle and maybe the most common mistake that people have is a lack of focus and clarity about what it is that they actually want to do. So what you'll often get is someone will come along and say, I want to get a green job. I want to work on climate and I could do this and I could do this. And I was thinking that maybe my skills might transfer this way. And they start applying for all of these different types of jobs and they go into a black hole it's a vacuum basically now the problem is that in order to be making this type of career transition into the green economy you've really got to have a very specific idea about the type of job that you want because you need to position yourself in tight alignment with that job and you can't position yourself in tight alignment with multiple jobs so what that means unfortunately is you've got to start closing doors you can't keep the doors open to all those possibilities because you can't position yourself successfully towards all those positions. So it's about finding the focus. And to be honest, that can be really challenging for a lot of people. So there are various exercises that you can do to try and find that focus. And people have got different challenges. Some people can't find focus because they just don't have the imagination. So we can figure out what ideas are out there. We can expand your horizons. Some people, they've got the imagination, but they've got personal blockages in their life maybe they're they're feeling really low and even depressed maybe they've got complex family situations which means they don't have a lot of time or flexibility there's loads of different reasons why people might not be able to find that focus generally in the coaching sessions we work with that try and find where the obstacles are and, and get that clarity in place once you've got the focus and clarity you can start addressing it and then when you get off into the more kind of traditional strategies about how to optimally position yourself for success that's great yes it's about focus being able to understand how you can apply your past experiences and really be able to focus in on what you can do and how you can benefit and how you can sell yourself to some of these climate companies is really a key point there too and so you, you talked about how you do this in your coaching sessions you also have an online course as well do you do those kind of exercises throughout the online course too so historically in the coaching sessions the time used to get divided into two parts there's one half of the session where we're kind of walking through my default program, which I do with everybody. And then there was the other half of the program where we deal with the specific obstacles that people are facing. So what I've tried to do with the course is to unpack that default program, which includes ISIS about focus into the online course so that people can do it cheaper because it's a lot cheaper to, to subscribe to the course than it is to go through hours of sessions doing it one-on-one -on -one. so hopefully that gives people greater economic and time flexibility 
So that was the objective with the course. And also as well, just to be able to help more people because there's only so many hours in the week where you can start having sessions with people. So one of the things I'm trying to move towards is how you scale this type of offering. There are not that many green career coaches or climate career coaches around full stop in the world. And this is madness because all of this is pointing to the fact that the green economy is at the very least going to increase and be more likely absolutely explode exponentially. I think that's probably the most likely outcome. Now, at the moment, there are way, way too few people who have any abilities to help people on this journey. So hopefully there will be more climate career coaches and green job coaches in the future, of course. But right now, the idea is that with the online course, that provides me with more opportunity to scale and to work with more. Definitely, that's great. And do you ever think you might go into training other people to be coaches as well? So you can create a system of a group of coaches who all are helping more people make this transition, this career transition? Absolutely. I'm currently the convener of the Work and Careers Group at the Climate Coaching Alliance, which is an international organization of climate coaches, not just climate career coaches, but people from all different parts of the coaching world. And one of the main things we're doing in that group at the moment is to, first of all, really bring some best practice. What does climate coaching, or rather what should climate coaching look like? What are the competencies? What are the frameworks that should be followed? What is like the ethics that people should be pursuing when they're providing this type of service? So that working group is relatively new. As I say, there, there still aren't that many people working solely on it. Like you've got regular career coaches who dabble a little bit in climate, and you've got some regular kind of climate people who dabble a little bit in coaching. But the people who are there focused and dedicated at the middle, very small number. So the idea in that working group is to start creating a good foundation, get more people involved. And then, yeah, as you say, I could well imagine that there will be some kind of coaching training, cl climate coaching training offering at some point in the medium term to try and just give form to, I think, what at the moment is a completely underserved domain definitely that would be really awesome i'm sure there's a lot of people out there who would love to a lot of coaches out there who just don't really think about applying it directly to climate and so being able to have that structure would give them a really great way to to go down that road so i think that would be awesome how long has the climate coaching alliance been around and how many people are a part of that right sure so i think it's been around since 2019 so a relatively young organization a few years old it's quite large it's basically it's a volunteer network so let's call it a professional association and there's about 2,000 people around the world and they're coming from all sorts of different different places it's regular executive coaches who want to figure out how to bring climate into their regular coaching conversations. It is sustainability leaders who want to bring a little bit of coaching into their existing sustainability conversations. But it's like a, an, an intersection of mostly coaches, but also business leaders, some educational leaders who are trying to bring their current expertises and climate into some kind of constructive dialogue. Definitely. That's great. And which is, you know, exactly what you're doing. You're taking that combination of climate and allowing people to make that transition from the previous career that they were going through and then into a climate based kind of career, which is awesome. And what are your goals for Ecotopian careers in the next six months? Mostly about scale. So I feel that with the new course that I've got a good program, I'm pretty happy with the program and I'm giving good feedback that it is meaningful to people. 
So really the main goals are trying to scale this offering, potentially moving away, not necessarily away from, but complementing having one-on-one -on -one relationships and maybe getting into some more institutional relationships. So I could see some arrangements taking place, for example, with business schools and stuff like that, where people are going to do sustainability qualifications and are therefore by default interested in having some kind of mid-career switch. So I'd like to have get more kind of institutional relationships where we can get this course to people at scale. So instead of just having these one-on-one -on -one conversations, which is usually the way it works at the moment, maybe you get it a hundred here, a hundred there, and just start getting it out with a little bit more scale. That would be the immediate kind of way forward, I think. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, if you can get it in front of more and more people, the, the better because more and more people can make this transition and we can, we can do what we need to accomplish, which is great. And what are you currently learning right now? I think that really depends on kind of what area of learning we're talking about. Obviously, always learning about different aspects of climate. There's always more to learn. It's one of the most complex system in the world, right? You can never completely get your head around it, but you obviously you need to get a sense of at a very superficial level about what's going on. So always learning about climate, always learning about the business of business, about how you take this thing which people tend to think about not necessarily in a commercial way and i think actually this is one of the great challenges of the space is that people are typically coming who want green jobs and also in climate career coaching as well people come often from a and some point of view from a do good point of view from a volunteering point of view and they're just not in the right headspace to create a commercial offering around the service. So there's a lot of learning about business that needs to be done. And there's a big psychological aspect of this. How do you change people's mindset so that you make them feel more comfortable monetizing climate? And we're not monetizing it cynically here, but it's going back to the sustainability issue. If we're going to take the issue of sustainability seriously, it has to begin with our own financial sustainability. Because if we don't have that, we can't provide the offering. It's as simple as that. So it's learning about people's emotional responses, I think, to the monetization of trying to dig around what the obstacle is. Can we overcome it? Because I think when we can have those types of obstacles, it's easier, obviously, to sell the offering. I think it's easier, again, to scale because you can't scale without the financial foundation. So there are technical things and then there are more kind of like psychological things. And it's just, again, learning about people. And this has been the real eye opener about going into career coaching. I've been a university teacher for a long time, right? So I'm used to that dynamic where I'm at the front of the room in this professorial mode, talking at people a lot, because that's the format of lecturing. But the great transition into coaching is this kind of dialogue where you really understand about people in a way that you don't really understand in the classroom. And there's just been so much learning to be had about what's in people's hearts and minds. And just how different people are, the different challenges they experience, and the different things that are required in order to help them overcome those challenges. Yeah, definitely. And like you were mentioning, going back to the sustainability piece, it has to come from our own financial sustainability as well. And we really talk about a lot with the triple bottom line, the people, profit, and for the planet. If you're able to not only benefit people, yourselves, other people around you, but also benefit the planet and make some profit off of it too. 
the more profit you have, the more you can put that, invest that back into the environment, invest your time back into the environment because you're free up other time to be able to do these things. It's really being able to make sure that you are able to monetize it because if you don't monetize it, it's just not sustainable for you or for anybody else to continue doing that. And especially if you were to offer something and be helping someone and then it be a volunteer on your part and you're just giving this away, and then you stop because you can become overwhelmed, then that puts the person you were serving at a disadvantage because now they don't receive the thing that you were offering before. So if you can make sure that you're making it sustainable by profiting off of it, and it can be sustainable for both parties for much longer. Some people push back against this stuff and I can understand why they do. And I have pushed back against it myself in the past. People worry about profiteering, about greenwashing. They think that people are just being cynical. And some of that is true. That does happen. But the trick is it just basically comes down to integrity. If you have integrity as an individual, there is no problem. Everything works exactly in the way that you said it should work. And I think here people need to be mindful about their own integrity. You need to really explore yourself or audit your soul a little bit about where your motivations are if there are any kind of dark places there that need to be dealt with you need to go and do that and then to have a little bit of trust when you speak to other people that if you feel that someone has no integrity forget about them go somewhere else there's plenty of people to work with and if you feel i think i like this guy then great that's probably as good as it's going to get but i think the integrity is key and I think that's really going to come. We can't quantify it. You don't get a certificate in integrity or anything like that, but it's just feeling. So I think you've got to just develop a sense, an intuitive sense for integrity, both in yourself and in the partners that you're working with. And if the feeling is good, then just try and let go of any cynical feelings that you might have and just see what happens. Yeah, I like that a lot, especially because there's a certain line of thought that I was reading once in a book and it's this idea that if you place trust in others and think of others in the best light, then they often act in the best light. But it's an interesting thought experiment or a way to change your thinking and change your motivation of like how people are really thinking, how people are actually going about their lives and trying to make sure you're looking at things in the right way. So I, I, there's definitely something to that for sure. Yeah, in my experience in the climate space, in the green economy space, there is a lot of integrity. Occasionally I, I bump into somebody who rings my alarm bells a bit, but they're few and far between. In fact, one of the things that has really warmed my heart, I guess, since I've been in this space is how many smart, nice people there are in the scene, disproportionately so to other scenes that I've been involved with in the past. So I think it's actually, it's a reasonably safe to put your trust in people. Obviously you don't do it uncritically, but I think it is probably a better scene than most for being trustworthy. Yeah, I agree. And I think that comes really from the space of if you are looking to benefit the climate, it's such a large and kind of a large and a societal issue that if you're coming from that place of wanting to impact that, you're coming from a place of wanting to do good for others. And so you don't have that kind of idea of, oh, I'm going to do things untrustworthy because they're complementary personality traits in a way to, to do one of those things you have to you have to have uh, the others as well so yeah. I agree. and also as well it is a highly networked tightly networked scene lots of everyone knows everyone and i think if you start treating people badly you would quickly get isolated so just from a strategic self-preservation point of view in business it would make absolute sense 
to work with integrity because I think that's the only way that you're going to get a long-term viable business going because it's just not going to work if you start mistreating people because I think the word would get around real quick. Definitely, especially in this day and age with everything being so connected with the internet and all of our social media networks and everything, you can't survive as a business if you're not acting with integrity. So it's a lot harder to get away with things nowadays than might have been 20, 30 40 years ago. And for any of the ecopreneurs out there in the audience, what is one tip that you would give them for helping them either start their green business or grow a green business, what you're doing here with Ecotopian Careers? Yeah, look, I think it's really about developing that commercial intelligence because like, often when people come from like the world of do good, they've got great ideas, they've got great intentions, but they just don't understand the basics of business about what is required to create revenue around an idea. And I'm talking about old fashioned green business here, not like the VC backed people where you come up with an idea and people just throw millions of dollars at you. I'm assuming here that people want a traditional organic business where you come up with an idea, you invest a little bit of your own money, you break even sooner rather than later and actually generate profit. And that's surprisingly absent in a lot of the business models in the climate tech space at the moment. So I think it's about understanding what is required to make an ongoing business. Again, getting back to being okay with the monetization, which means, unfortunately, getting okay with sales. I think it's really one of the big one. You've got to be okay selling people stuff because if you can't sell people stuff, it's just not going to work. You can have the best idea in the world, you can be full of integrity, but if you can't sell, it, you're going to get no traction. That whole kind of build it and they will come worldview, which often seems to drive well-intentioned people, is like a one-way path to nothing. So you've got to get comfortable with selling. And again, it's just emotional, right? The fact that, And there's a lot of books out there which will tell you how to adjust your mindset, getting into consultative selling it's a mutual relationship, et cetera, et cetera. It's about learning, it's educational, all of those types of things. And again, I think when you've got a product, which is, let's be a little bit delusional, when you've got a product of saving the world, I think selling gets a lot easier because it's not like you're selling pots and pans, right? It's not selling a refrigerator where someone can just go and choose something else and you're thinking, oh, really, why would anybody buy this? What's the point? This is saving the world ultimately and if you can't get in enthused about selling that then you've got no role unfortunately in this space so selling yeah that's the key yeah definitely i talked about this in one of my other interviews he consults with businesses on helping them sell so he goes and helps them sell they like get on the phones for them and start just calling people to sell because he was realizing like he had helped another company just try to grow the business and everything and they got this funding they had all this going around but they really just needed to like go out and sell they just sell their product and they like weren't doing it and it was like all right that's he was like okay this is a problem let's just go and sell it's the main thing that you needed to do is just go to your customers and sell them your product and there's a disconnect there sometimes and so that's what you got to do you just got to go and sell it so you got to make sure that you're willing to go out and do that and you've got the motivation the goal to impact the climate use that as the way to justify selling to other people and helping them help save the world absolutely Look, belief is a big part of this so again if you're selling the pots and pans I can well understand why it'll be hard to believe in those pots and pans. I believe in 
trying to do my best to rectify climate change. I don't even have to pretend it's just authentic. And I think actually most people who want to get a job in the green economy or the climate space share that authenticity. They, it's real. So all that you need to do in order to sell effectively is to allow that authenticity to give it room to allow other people to see it and to hear it and to feel it. And I think when they feel that authenticity, things start falling into place and it doesn't really end up being like a sales conversation, rather just a discussion about how we're going to partner to save the environment. And that's just a much easier conversation to have. Definitely. It always is. When you're enthusiastic about something you really committed about like you're you watch a great movie and you see a great movie you're going to come and tell somebody who hasn't seen it, you're going to tell them all about it you're like oh this was a great movie it did this and they did that and they all you're going to tell them you're going to be really excited about it and so the same thing with if you're in a sales conversation you've got this great thing you've got this great product that you're trying to sell them it's coming from the place of oh it does these amazing things it's definitely going to help you it's going to help the environment like you're doing all these all this great stuff and so be enthusiastic about it tell them about it tell as many people as you can about it because it's going to have such an awesome impact. You're really excited about it. Just let the world know. Definitely. And I'd love to ask as well, if anybody would like to get in touch with you, learn more about Ecotopian Couriers, check out your course, how can they do all of those things? Yeah. So the easiest thing to do is just to head over to the website at ecotopiancareers.com. There is a weekly newsletter that I would encourage people to sign up to. A couple of good things about that. Number one, it gives you free access to an ebook, 10 steps to transitioning to a green job in mid-career. Number two, the weekly newsletter has lots of webinars and learning resources, like the one that I put out. This got, I think, 62 webinars listed in it on all different parts of the green economy. I love webinars. I think they're a great place to go and embody the vibe learn what the energy is of the scene because that also is one of the great tips of succeeding in making this type of career transition is being able to understand how the energy works and to be able to bring your own level of energy up to it to match it so that you can build some rapport with people and you can't do that if you're just reading articles on the internet and stuff you need to be able to listen to people it's not just about the words it's about how they say it the things that they don't say the looks on their face when somebody else says something on the web. And that stuff is you can only get in the kind of interactions online. So I love the fact this is one of the great things, as I'm sure you're aware about COVID, is that these types of webinars have been normalized. In the past, it would have been impossible for us to have gone and had some kind of personal interaction with one of the world's foremost carbon removal experts or something. But now you can do it every week. It's just remarkable. It's um, as long as you've got the time you can have access to the most interesting people in your particular part of the green economy in the world. It's just remarkable. So I've often got 30, 50, 60 webinars listed on those weekly newsletters. So I'd recommend that people go and sign up to that just because it's just, it's a good free resource if I don't say myself. Yeah, definitely. I think it's incredible what COVID has really allowed us to start doing. And it's not only can you listen to some of the world's leading experts and things, you can listen to startups as they talk about their new program. You can also learn all sorts of new skills. There's the oncoming of MOOCs, the online courses and everything with actual university professors 
providing free courses to everyone. You, you can learn, you would like to learn, you learn a new skill, be able to market yourself in the green economy even better any way that you want through the internet, through all this, all of what has gone on these days. It's an incredible transition that we've been through. And although COVID was rough, there was a lot of rough pieces in there. There are some good positive things that came out of that. Thank you so much, Joseph, for joining me on the podcast. It's really great to have you on here. And I'd love to have you back on next year or another time to be able to get an update from you, see how you're going with Ecotopia careers and what it all looks like next time. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. And if you enjoyed learning about how to make that career decision to transition into a green job, with Joseph and Ecotopian Careers, you might be still feeling a little bit of apprehension around making that transition for yourself in your career. And you're looking for some guidance and for some understanding around how to make such a transition and how to really define your skill set, like Joseph and I talked about during the show. And if so, then I invite you to check out this interview with Rachel Fry from Free to Flourish, where we talk all about how to discover your true strengths and start making them a part of your everyday day work. So once you are aligned with your skills and you have discovered that a green job is right for you, with Joseph, you are well on your way to living a happier, more sustainable life. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Green Business Impact Podcast. We hope you enjoyed hearing your weekly dose of climate positivity. In a world that constantly inundates you with the negative things happening, it can be great to take a break and hear some great things happening in the world. Make sure to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app to stay up to date with the latest and best interviews of the top minds in the green industries. And if you are interested in launching your own podcast to make an even larger impact on the world, then look no farther than the podcasting platform that I use here to launch every single episode of Green Business Impact, Podbean. I searched through all the different podcasting platforms out there and the best choice by far was Podbean. They give you truly the best value and all the resources you need to spread your message to the world by easily connecting you to all the different podcasting networks like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all of them. And they give you so many resources and opportunities to monetize it as well. So if you are on the fence about which podcasting platform to go with, make sure you check out the link in the description below to register your podcast with Podbean. Thanks again, and we can't wait to see you back here next time for another hit of Climate Positivity.